It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. LMFM Podcasts with CNC Carpets. We bring the showroom to you. Or you can book a personal consultation at our fabulous new showroom in Moortown, Dramiskin. Call 087-660-40-237 or visit our website at cnccarpets.com to book an appointment. CNC Carpets for all your carpet and wood flooring needs. Welcome to Late Lunch, this beautiful midweek Wednesday afternoon in the month of August. Isn't it just unbelievable out there? It really is like being away on holidays on the continent and it's going to continue right into the weekend. Anyway, I hope you're enjoying it wherever you are this afternoon. Very welcome to the show. You are, as always. Let's begin the chat today and let me context why my first guest today is joining me on the show. Over the weekend, I saw an adverse comment about... McCluskey spread and somebody saying look at the price of this my god almighty and I sat back and thought god almighty it's easy to make a remark like that when you don't know or don't context the reason for price increases well I'm going to have a chat now uh, with the man at the helm now and when I tell you it's McCluskey's Bakery founded in 1940 by Paddy Senior and Vera they're 82 years on the go Paddy's son Paddy Junior took over and the grandson of the, the founder is the man running the business now and he's on the line with me Patrick McCluskey welcome to the show Terry, how are you doing? Thank you very much for having me on. Not at all, here. not at all. You're very welcome to the show. Well, I'm just thinking uh, about you here, and, and, and I reflect 1940, world wars, recessions came and went, depressions, the Celtic Tiger crash, uh, the pandemic of recent times. My God, McCluskey's has survived a lot. We have. It's, it hasn't always been easy, I have to be honest with you. There's been plenty of challenges, but... We're still here, and uh, we hope to be planned to be here for another eighty years. That's great to hear. Now, when when you when you hear about a comment like I mentioned there, I don't know whether you're aware of it or you, you keep an eye on things like this, or anybody says it to you. First of all, may I ask you: you've had to increase prices. We have. Uh, to be honest with you, Jerry, I, I don't think I've ever experienced the challenges that we're going through business at the moment. Um, the increases that are coming in at the you know currently and for over the last eight to nine months are just absolutely unprecedented. And to give you an example of that, you know, um, you could take flour, which is our second biggest input cost in the business, directly behind labour, as in wages. Um, and, and it's up, it was up at the peak of 120%. It has fallen back ever so slightly, but it's still north of 100% on where it was 12 months ago. Now, that is our, that is our second biggest input cost that we have in the business. But directly behind that, 
you have uh, obviously the likes of all your other ingredients. Yeast, for example, is running at 70% on that 12 months ago and is due to go up another 30% in November. Packaging is running anywhere between 40 and 60%. Sugar is running at 60 to 70%. And the list just goes on and on and on. Uh, It's just like, I mean, if we were, if we wind the clock back maybe five years ago or whatever the case may be, was there increases in the business? Of course there was. You always faced increases. But you were always talking marginal increases, mm. 2 and 3% and 4% or whatever the case may be. And you'd haggle it down as best you can at the time. But now it's just, as I say, every second day another increase is coming in. And to be honest with you, they're coming in that hard and fast. It's so hard to challenge them because everybody's just saying, look, it is where it is. And that's, we can do nothing about it. Mm. Energy costs outside of ingredients. And everybody knows about energy costs. Anybody that's filling a car has got home heating oil or gas. They know where the increases are. Our energy costs, uh, we, we all are, sorry, just to clarify, our, our ovens, provers, etc., all run on gas, mm. natural gas. And then we have, aside from that, you've obviously got heating, lighting, etc., and mixing machines. So we have two strains of energy coming into the business. They have increased by 300%. 300%. Now let that resonate for a second. 300%. Mm. So my monthly bill on gas alone is 10 grand. I'm now paying 30. So it's a, as I say, it's a case of you've got to put the prices up or you close down. Mm. And, and what about your vans? How many vans have you on the road? We would have north, just north of 20 vans and then we'd have distributors as well. And there's diesel to go into those as well. Or and look so, at what's yeah, happening. Even getting, even getting to store is more expensive now. Like, so, that puts the whole thing in context. For anybody making a glib remark or, you know, saying, look at the price of this, when you factor, you're not talking about, you're talking about 100% increases there. You're talking about something that you've never seen anything like this, have you? No, never, ever seen anything like this. And to be honest, look, I, I'm very, very aware the last thing any manufacturer wants to be doing is going out there and putting their prices up. doesn't sit well doesn't sit well with the general public and particularly the prices that we've had to put on because you know nobody wants it I mean we all we're all out there facing the prices you know for feeding the family and everything else and keeping the roof above us and all the rest I mean nobody wants to be putting on the sort of prices that have to go on but it's literally a case of do or die mm. and that's just left to where it is which is terrible we are doing everything we can within the business to, to keep that to the bare minimum without impacting on the quality of the product we are, and we're really focusing on that. We're focusing on getting better efficiencies into the business. How do we do it? How can we make the product better and more efficiently? How can we reduce our waste? How can we get the product to store cheaper? Mm. All those angles have been looked at on a daily basis. And we have a management team that are actively chasing it to try and reduce it. And that's going on in parallel. Hey, don't do anything with them ham and egg buns. Are you listening? <laughs> I have listened, Jerry. Don't worry. I don't. I don't. I really mean that because. Uh, no, the, no, I'm, <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Any, 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 any cost savings that we are chasing is can't affect quality. Yes. That's, that's, that's Oh, because yeah. If we do that, mm. then you, you run the risk of, of, of losing your trade mm. and your brand, damaging your brand. How many people do you employ, do you mind me asking? Uh, we would be about 200 people. So I just want to say something here. When somebody makes a remark and doesn't understand, and if McCluskey's weren't there tomorrow, 200 families would have nobody bringing an income into their homes. That's another huge factor, Patrick, on top of all of this. Yeah, it, is, it would be a significant factor. And, and, and we don't take that lightly. We, you know, 
we're very, very lucky to have the people that we have working mm. with us. Mm. You know, um, we're passionate about what we do. And, and as I said, to you, we're, we're really, really trying to contain, you know, put increases up. I mean, one of the big elements, we gas, as I just mentioned, is 300% up. You know, Russia has weaponized fuel at the moment. Mm. And they're now threatening to cut off Europe, you know, into the winter. Yes. Where does that bring us? I mean, there's the uncertainty around that. Like, I mean, you say, okay, well, our gas is partially coming from carbon, partially coming from Norway. But if if there's restrictions in Europe, that will automatically affect Ireland. And, and our government is now talking about how are we going to restrict fuel coming into people's homes and whatever the case may be. My line, gas line, passes the same as you, Jerry, down mm. the road, mm. right? So if they're restricting you, they have to restrict me as my gas. Now, uh, does that mean certain ovens won't run because they haven't got enough PSI pressure? Does it mean that we're only going to get fuel on a on a Wednesday and a Friday? I don't know. I don't know what it looks like. But there's a lot of uncertainty out there. And, you know, manufacturers, you know, industry are talking about it. And, you know, maybe it's, you know, you could say it's scaremongering or whatever it is. But regardless, I don't know. It's a lot of uncertainty. Do you feel that, we're unprepared. Obviously, I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying, and I feel that actually from the words you've just mentioned, are, are we are we behind the game again? Here we are in Ireland trying to play catch up, and we haven't had the vision or the where at all. Now I know this has only happened since the start of the year, uh, the invasion of Ukraine and this close down from Russia, and we're at the end. You know, we're at the end of the line in Europe here in Ireland. But do you think that's lacking? I'm not sure. Uh, and I definitely don't want to be throwing stones, to be honest with you. Uh, it, you know, there is, our reserves are in the country are at, a very, at an all-time low, which does not help. But, you know, and it's very hard to change up. But, I mean, you look at Germany, for example, which is a very, very forward-thinking company, country. It's the biggest economy in Europe. And, I mean, they're caught on their energy. Mm. So, you know, you, you are in unprecedented times. Like, I mean, the last couple of years between Brexit and all that, you know, entailed and everything else. And then you had COVID, and now you're straight into the Ukrainian war and, and on all the issues. I mean, supply issues even alone. I mean, parking costs. I mean, supply. I mean, our cardboard after, you know, after COVID, you know, like, say, for cake boxes and everything else, apart from the price going up, by, I think it was 84%, the supply went, the lead time on supply went from eight weeks to eight months. Mm. So you were running out, and then when you were ordering, you were travel ordering just to carry stock, which is an impact on cost as well. So it's I, I have a, a load of stuff that's after coming in for ovens there from Germany, and I'm four months waiting for it. And if anything had happened in the interim, we'd be without ovens. And there's nothing we could do about it. So you are genuinely worried, and this is on the bigger picture, moving uh, on from what we began talking about, that this winter, this winter time and into the spring, of course, because we virtually have six months of of different type of weather and hard weather, you are concerned that your production may be impacted? I am, 100, absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Now that's... uh, 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 From from a number of angles. There's there's, there's, there's Mm. a source of energy coming in which may be reduced or cut off altogether. I doubt that, but I mean, it may be reduced. Mm. And then also trying to source parts for keeping the equipment up and running. It's a very worrying scenario to to think ahead. But look, at I, I mentioned at the start there, um, you know, your grandfather, father, you now, the generations, the McCluskey since 1940 have faced major challenges. This is perhaps, and I, when you talk about those percentages, the, the biggest ever for sure, and you've pulled through. It is the spirit, isn't it, of the McCluskey? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Mm. Keep fighting, 
we know that for sure and look at you've led the way I may I say as well you've innovated with your products and uh, as you say you pride yourself on quality and the other thing Patrick to say is and, and it's important for people to understand this you're one of the few local bakeries left yeah ourself and O'Neill's yes. in Anagasson, um are probably the two uh, sort of on the on the northeast, really. Uh, yeah. There is, you know, smaller home bakers, but not, you know, I mean, out on the road and delivering into store. That, that's really it. There's not a lot around the country. You got Stafford's and Gorey, and you have Rhines and Tipperary and Gallagher's and Donegal, but they're 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 thin enough on the ground. Mm. Mm. And and you know, this is a thing that worries me in a bigger picture. That you know, if uh, if if this disappears, which, oh my God, I pray to God it never does uh, right around the country. And, you know, the local aspect, uh, the smaller producers, uh, the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, if we absolutely. don't have those people of our own and we're reliant again, as we are, on Russian gas. Well, folks, you got to think, haven't you, Patrick? you got to think, where are we going to end up? That's it. 100%. Got to look after because once it's gone, they're gone. Mm, and there's no no doubt about that that is for sure well look I thank you so much for joining me today to tell us honestly and that people will understand about these massive percentages that you're doing uh, your best to carry and as you say you're innovating and looking at everything from within yourselves keep on doing what you're doing here's to the next 80 plus years and beyond thank you for joining me on the show today Patrick Jerry thank you very much and thank you again for the opportunity Not to, to voice that out you're very Take welcome care. Take care now bye bye that's Patrick McCluskey there from McCluskey's uh, Bakery in uh, Drogheda and I do want to say it again and I mean this and I know money is tight and you have to shop around for value and there's people saying it's well for you and others saying you know this that and the other to, to support local but I honestly say this that I shop in the multiples as well but I have to say that for my basics, for my bread, for my meat from my local butcher, my local fish shop, uh, from others uh, that I know in the locality and value and treasure that are there a long time, it is so important. I say this to you, if you can at all, support them. Because if we don't, there's no way back when they're gone, as Patrick says there. When they're gone, they're gone. That is for sure. And Louise, you know, I mentioned that beautiful bakery in Navin. Spicers. Spicers, yeah. You grew up there. You grew up with it. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Wonderful, wonderful bread. and people. Amazing bread. And a lot of a lot of people work there. Yes. Between the van drivers yes. and the people in the bakery. Yeah. And, and nothing has come gone. in come in there to replace it. It's no, gone. That's no. it. Over. And it used to have bakeries as well in Trim and Kells. Balbriggan. And Balbriggan is right. Well. Yeah, that's, they that's true. But I think my mammy worked there for a while. Did she? Yeah, she worked in the shop as far as I know in Navin. There you go. But doesn't Patrick McCluskey explain it so well mm. when you mention those? It makes those... you think. It does. Yes. Like You know, I even said it to you, you know, after shopping at the weekend. I said, butter's gone up another 40 cent. Mm-hmm. But yes. when when local businesses break it down like that, yes. and you know, I'm sure passing on that cost, I'm sure they've tried to absorb it as mm. much as they can. Mm, they have, but they have to pay the wages of people. Yes, you know. So and that's another. If thing you we, can't, if, yeah. like, if you get six slice pans a week to feed yeah. your family, mm. and you normally go to the supermarkets or whatever to get them, you know, even if you buy five, and mm. even if you buy one, if you Support, change your, yeah. you know, that mm. little one. Can if everybody did it. Yeah, it can make a difference. A huge difference. It can. But I have to say, we didn't even mention labour. He did mention that labour is a second, uh, you know, is, is a huge cost as well from there. Mm-hmm. 200 people employed and, you know, people are looking for uh, some uh, um, money in their pay packets as well. That's another issue we didn't even touch on there. But... Uh, 
I have to say, I, I'm a great supporter. And we always have on late lunch. We've always backed local. We've always supported local. We've brought to you, you, you know this, Louise, yeah. the new businesses setting up, the ones that are established. We've always tried to back local artists and producers, locals, etc. Because, I'll tell you a little story. I was in, I was 10 years, more than 10 years ago, I was in Alaska. And the guide who was guiding us didn't come from Alaska. He came from down south of America. And whatever town he came from, Eric was his name. We were talking about this. And this is 15 years ago in the state, 20. He said, uh, lovely little town, lots of little businesses. And then a huge multiple moved in. That was it, gone. Mm-hmm. And every other business disappeared. And now they are beholden to the multiple only. And people have no choice to go. And then the prices started like, to go up. Yeah. And it, and I'm not against multiples at all. They have a, a, a part and a place to play. Of course they have. But I'm just saying that we gotta, yeah. gotta think, you know, that put that 50 cent or the euro, if you can put it into a local business, it is so important, you know. And you have to, you know, the multiples aren't going to open on a Sunday if you run out of something. Whereas if you know the owner of a grocery shop or a toy shop or something and you're stuck, Generally, they'll open up for mm. you. You know, they'll give back. They can, they can. And and by the way, the multiples are open seven days a week. They'll be open yeah. eight days. But do you a know week. what I mean? Yeah, at I know twelve o'clock at night. No, no, yeah. If there's you know, an, they, an they've emergency. often been. An we know emergency. people who have opened their Absolutely, shops yes. in, for people we, in yeah, need at twelve, true. one o'clock very, in the morning. Very, you know? very true. If you've anything to say, please do get in touch with us on the show today. If you have a viewpoint on this, I'd love to hear from you. Oh eight six eighteen hundred six five eight by WhatsApp or text. Your late lunch on LMFM Radio. Back in a moment. Our doc, Dr. Kate McCann, coming up on late lunch after two. She's talking about the obesity pandemic. Sean's been on to say I adore McCluskey sliced batch loaf. Oh, I know what you're talking about when it's fresh. The cottage brown Jerry, yum 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 says Olive and Sheila's been on to say I love their brack all year round. I say it again, support local, support the bakeries in your area wherever you're listening today and your local shops they are so important. The ham and egg bun, I had to educate Louise about that. Louise thought I was pulling her leg didn't I when I said that to you for the very first time Ham and egg. I was actually looking at you going, mm, I don't think I've still ever tasted it. <laughs> so I actually won't believe it until you buy me one. OK, done. Deal done. That has to be done now. I will promise you I'll deliver on that. They're an institution. They're not known now many. It's like the jelly bag. <laughs> remember the jelly bag? I the remember ham- the jelly yeah, bag. Yeah, the ham and egg. But do you know what I love as <laughs> it's well? A draw, do you like a Battenberg? A no. Battenberg. You know, the Mars of no. Hanna, the can't stand Mars. It's sort of a, a, the, the inside is sort of like a, a ham and egg as well. But I love that too. Oh, I have so many things I love. Should be fat as a fool if Weird I kept, stuff. Kept, <laughs> kept kept eating all I'd love to eat. But you know yourself, it's lovely, lovely as a treat for sure. Hi, Jerry, and all at late lunch. Just uh, returning to a topic you discussed recently on the show about a motor insurance and an increase. I got my renewal via email on Monday, and it actually dropped a hundred and fifty euro. So all is not lost. Maybe we all need to lay off the doom and doom for a while, even though it's been a tough couple of years. Love the show. That comes in from a listener in Mead this afternoon. And love to hear from you. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text gets us on the show. Caffrey's Coffee Shop and Bakery in RD, Jerry. Oh my God, the Battenberg. I heard you mention it there earlier. Lovely pastries, tarts and browned. 
and sourdough bread. Caffrey, support them. They're local as well. Now I have a family pass to give away for the Dublin Horse Show. It's happening next week. It's back. Hasn't been on for a few years. From the 17th to the 21st at the RDS. Lots of family fun, food, drinks, dressing up. And of course, the highlight of the week in terms of the action in the arena is the Longines FEI Jumping Nations Cup. Yes, the Nations Cup is the highlight. And for the family pass today, you have to send your answers to 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Here is the question. When the Nations Cup was last jumped for at the RDS, it was 2019. Who won it? Which nation won the Nations Cup in 2019 at the RDS? Answers to 086-1800-658 for the family pass. Two adults, three children to the horse show next week. Best of luck to you with that one there. Now we have one of our regulars standing by to chat with me on the show and I always love when she joins us. Check her out on Facebook especially but across social media, MDOC Health, E-M-D-O-C Health. Our doc on late lunch is Dr Kate McCann. Welcome back Kate. Hi, Jerry. Thanks for joining me again on the show. Today, we are going to talk specifically about obesity. Can I throw something at you to start? Um, it's symptomatic of an overfed, calorific, under-exercised generation. Discuss. Mm, not really. <laughs> um, and I think I, I think the whole conversation around obesity... Um, sometimes does patients and people a bit of disservice. Um, and we really want to think about obesity as a disease. Okay. Um, it, it is a disease. It is a progressive, chronic, and complex disease. And so, yes, there are factors that absolutely are at play here um, from nutrition to physical activity. But there's also huge, bigger issues at play here like genetics and where you live and um and everything around your environment tell me about genetics or talk to me about that because you'll hear people say it's hereditary yeah it's a little more complex than that so we have people on both ends of the spectrum and like a lot of issues and um, you know people are kind of black and white and the truth is really somewhere in the middle so genes are big they're a huge part of this and in studies we think that it's as much as 70 percent maybe up to 80 percent depending on you know, the genes that we're talking about or the, you know, or but that leaves around 20 or 30 percent, even in people with strong genetic components that have other factors at play. Now, here's the thing that crossed my mind ahead of our conversation today. When I was a lad, mm-hmm. when I was a lad, as mm-hmm. they say, not today or yesterday, yeah. there yeah. were very few overweight people, you know, mm-hmm. and, and for, for many reasons. You know, we yeah. couldn't afford luxuries. We walked yeah. or cycle everywhere. Treats were for Sundays or mm-hmm. special occasions. You know, these, these the, that was a fact of life at the time. Yeah, but there's a lot of factors in that. But you're absolutely right. Um, and that definitely um, the obesity levels that we have in Ireland right now, and just to throw a couple of those out there, 60% of the adult Irish population are overweight. They have more, are carrying more weight than is healthy for them. Mm. We're not talking about body image here. We got to be yes. really clear. We, we, everyone should love their body. Mm. Absolutely. We're just talking about, we're not talking about people who have an extra pounder here or there. They'd like to lose you know, to get into a swimsuit. We are not talking at all about that. We are talking about where the weight has started to cause a medical problem. Yes. 
And that's around 60% of the Irish population are carrying a weight that's somehow putting them at risk or already impacting on their health. And, it go, and as many as 20% of children or adolescents are carrying weight that is putting them at risk long term for their health. And that's an important point to make, that distinction of the, our discussion today. That is so important. Everybody should be comfortable in their own skin and their own body. And it is the weight factor. But 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 here's the thing I wanted to ask you. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, you say it's carrying extra weight. What mm-hmm. constitutes obesity? Is it an extra kilo, two kilos, three kilos? Is there a rule of thumb around that at all? There's, there, it's actually a little more complex. Um, and it gets, a, it, so one of the things we obviously do, we do some calculations to, to measure your measure risk. And the calculations include your, your weight, they include your height, they actually include a few other things such as your ethnicity and, and, your, and your race. They, they do make a factor about your health risks. And, and then also, we also usually would measure the hip, the hip and the, the abdominal circumference. So how you're carrying any extra weight. Um, and, and there's a few other things we look at. You know, you're going to, you know, you're going to measure a few things and then we calculate risk based on, on a few factors. It's not just the scales. And, and I, I know that, and I, I, I actually write about this a lot about the relationship that my patients have with the scale and, and I, I've written about this before. I tell my patients that they come to see me if I need to get their weight say I'm an, a, for a safe prescribing. There are times when I've got to know what a patient weighs so I can give them a drug safely. I'll tell them they're, they're not ready to look at that scale. That's fine. Step backwards onto the scale. I'll look at the number. I won't tell them what it is. So, you know, when we're talking about weight, it's not just a number on the scale. There's a lot of factors mm. beyond that. Okay, good to know that for sure. So basically then, from what you've been saying to me here, mm-hmm. um, underpinning this as a disease is the mm-hmm. fact that we are more sedentary in life. We are plied with sugar and carbohydrates and things that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, push up the weight as well. So it is what it is. So how do you, you know mitigate these factors what's your advice to people you know when you see the pounds and kilos starting to go on yeah now this is the thing is it now just to put it out there i mean you know weight loss is a multi-billion euro industry now mm. um a lot of it doesn't work a lot of it is, is frankly unethical and it's also crept into a thing that i i personally have a problem with is that it's is crept into being a a beauty or fashion or influencer area as well. So, uh, you know, there, there's every influencer is out there um, being sponsored to promote um, um, a shake or a fitness regime mm. or a pill or a tea or any number of things. The reality is that if you re- if you are if your weight is the point where your health is being impacted, the number one person you're going to start with is start with your GP. You know, and and tell me um, this, Kate. Why do people, you know, when do people not see that the weight is, you know, getting uh, a little bit out of hand and maybe badly out of hand when they, you know, look in the mirror, they get up in the mornings, they try to fit their trousers or put their dress on or their top or whatever. You know what I'm getting at? It, people do. It, and this is why it's so important to not stigmatize weight is okay. that people struggle. People struggle, you know, and it, they, it absolutely is very, very, very difficult for so many people. Um, you know, and and the whole thing is, is that, that this is where the extreme other end where people say the the very end of saying, look, it doesn't matter, you know, what you weigh as long as you feel good. 
when you know it comes down the line to developing diabetes and high blood pressure and and high cholesterol these are silent complications for a long time you don't you will not feel your cholesterol going up you won't feel your blood pressure going up necessarily you don't realize you develop prediabetes but these things are creeping in um and, and this is why it's very very this is a very very difficult area of you know of how do you when you know when a doctor sees a patient or a nutritionist sees a patient and we need to gently bring up that uh, we're we are identifying that this patient is becoming at risk but it's a very emotive topic for people some people are very very sensitive about it and quite understandably um it's just a very very difficult for a lot of people and there's a lot of factors at play for people it's not just there are people i have met patients who are out running miles a week and they still are still are carrying loss of excess of weight so just um saying that people need to eat healthier or move more yes that is important that's important for health i'm a lifestyle medicine physician everybody regardless of what you weigh we got to move we got to eat healthy but for patients with obesity it may be much much more that needs to be done for them are we not educating uh, our young people enough on this? You know, we get the messages all the time, uh, pushing us out through various media, social media, etc. But I'm talking about, you know, the school is an educational hub and should cover this off, of course, as well. Is, is that an issue? And the whole area of, you know, you know, the sugar tax with the drink has come in. Yeah. Uh, do things like that help? Did they make a difference or make any difference? The studies on the sugar tax are mixed. Um, now the evidence is this: that what is what the evidence is really solid is that reducing or eliminated sugar beverages from someone's diet is one of the, the one of the few quick fixes that can really, you know, if you're building a plan to help patients get their weight under control or prevent further weight gain, then if we get rid of sugared beverages in the diet, that's definitely a study show that'll definitely help. However, whether or not a tax on that will make huge influence on the decision of somebody to include or not include a sugared beverage in their diet, I, I'm, that, I, that evidence seems to be mixed from, from my reading on it. So if you're in the scenario that, you know, you, you're listening to us today and you feel that is me, that, that is me, I, I have a problem here and you're saying clearly this is a disease. Back to what you just alluded to and I think I cut yeah. across, yeah. Your first point of call, you've got to go and see your GP. I think getting involved with an actual uh, an actual registered professional is your is is always good, and the reason for that is um, you know yes absolutely there are lots of people out there who can help you um, start moving physical activity, um, but the reality is is that if we want to really get an idea of where you are with your health that's your cholesterol that's your blood sugar that's your blood sugar your, your you know your um your cholesterol your blood sugar all that kind of thing. We want to start with some blood, some blood tests, um, and the whole thing is a lot of patients may need more support going through this. It's an incredibly emotional um, uh, thing. We do want to talk about eating disorders as well. Is that there's a huge amount of people who have an unhealthy relationship with food for a lot of reasons, and they may need more support um, to go through that as they as uh, when they want to when they want to get control of their weight. Um, and GP can be somebody to, to work that through. So when we talk about managing obesity as a disease, we're often talking about including a nutritionist, um, including a psychologist, um, including physicians, um, and, and sometimes medications are needed. Um, and oftentimes for patients, um, surgery may be part of that at some point on that journey as well. And it's not 
saying like, this is what everyone needs. Every patient is absolutely different. But if we're looking at, at weight as a, a disease and reducing the risk, then we have to look at it as medical and involving involving medical professionals on that journey. Gastric bands, uh, staples, things like that we've heard about in the past, reducing stomach size. Do they ultimately help? Can they get somebody back on track? What's your view on that? My, well, I'm going to stick with the evidence rather than the opinion. So, yes, surgery is absolutely um, an a, a incredibly important treatment tool for certain patients. They're part of it, though. It's, again, that needs all those things we talked about. You need a nutritionist and a psychologist and, and the whole support. But it should be done with that support. I know there's a new trend of medical tourism because the waiting list for this is, is absolutely horribly long in Ireland. We have patients now for, feeling forced to go abroad for this. And, they're, and what they're losing is that support that goes with it to have a good outcome from the surgery. A comment from a listener there, just in general, listening to you today says, um, I'm obese from a very young age. I played sport up until 30. I've been attending the obesity clinic for the past 10 years. I got a sleeve fitted last year and now I've been told that it will be two years before I can get a gastric bypass surgery. I've lost 16 stone in the past two years. Surgery is very slow in Ireland. There's somebody, you know, that's some weight loss. You have to give credit to that person, don't you? Beyond credit, that is an incredible journey to go on, incredibly difficult to go through. And and this is the sad part about it, is that patients deserve better access. Patients deserve better support. And the lack of access to um, to weight management services, qualified weight management services in Ireland it is, it, it is having a direct impact. And it doesn't even make, it makes no sense. It makes no sense for patients. It makes no sense for the health service because the longer patients are on wait, waiting lists for, for weight management assistance, the more they are progressing with all those health complications such as um, both the mental, the anxiety and the depression, the physical, the diabetes, the gout, the reflux, the, you know, it, it, the list just goes on and on. Um, from breathing to heart, um, everything is is impacted when we are carrying that much weight. And if we aren't addressing this and allowing patients access to qualified health care, this is going to be an impending health crisis. Mm, it certainly is. And those figures you mentioned there at the start, 60% are frightening indeed. Uh, look, you're great, and I've enjoyed what you've had to say to us today. But just to finish off before we go again, it is a disease. You want to emphasise mm. that, and there is yes. help there. You just got to go and seek it. Well, yes, the help is the amount of help is there. Is there is not there's not as much as we would mm. hope for our patients um, due to the waiting list. But yes, there there the help is there. You should definitely ask for it. Yes, you must, you must indeed. And do check Kate out, MDOC Health, that's E-M-D-O-C, Health on social media, Facebook especially, I follow her there. And it's so interesting to see all that she talks about and she'll be back with us, please God, next month to take up another topic. You're great. Thank you for joining me on the show, Kate. You're very welcome. Good day, Jerry. Take care now. Bye-bye. That's Dr. Kate McCann there uh, speaking about obesity. But that person who sent us in that message, 16 stone lost in the past two years. That is a phenomenal achievement. Whoever you are, congratulations to you.
Tony Basil. Mickey, 1981. So I'll tell you, I lost some sweat and a few discos bopping to that one, Louise. <laughs> uh, we needed a bit of cheese, didn't we? <laughs> we did, we did. Made number one in America, that. Topped the was charts it? in the States. Just missed out in the UK, but it was a massive number one. And sure, do you remember it yourself later on? No, or I do remember it, yeah. yeah. Listen back, as I was saying to you, it's like something you'd hear on Phoenix Nights with mm-hmm. Peter Kay. <laughs> A real tinny kind of, I don't yeah. know. But um, there was a, a show on the telly around the same time that I always thought was the theme tune of. It was called Metal Mickey. Remember that? Yes. It's a little robot. A little robot, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. That was around the same time, I think. Mm, there you go. Well, I don't think it had anything to do with no, the robot, for sure. And you couldn't be robotic remembered. when the DJ started to spin that one. The place would go absolutely yeah, cuckoo. Would, yeah. Cuckoo is right, for sure. That were the days of the punk hairstyles, wasn't yes. it, for the, for the ladies yes. and the... What oh, else they, did they wear? Leg they warmers? Were, they, were, <laughs> they were strange times. Anyway, you've come up in the world today. Louise has come <laughs> up in the world today, I can folks. see clearly now. The <laughs> she walked in and I thought, hold on a minute. Who I'm gave, the same height as Jerry. <laughs> who gave that woman a stretch last <laughs> evening? Tell them why you're taller. I found a pair of shoes in my wardrobe that I've had about 20 years. And I could never wear them because they're they're like... They're wedges, but they're like flip-flops and the piece between your toes always cut me. Oh! So I said, right, that's it. They're either going or I'm going to just break these in. So I'm wearing them. I'm hobbling. I'm teetering. <laughs> I should say because I never wear, I never wear heels as such. So these are wedges, but they're high wedges. So, um, yeah, I went, I went out to get a glass from the cupboard last night and it was like, instead of reaching up, I was just reaching across. <laughs> it's great. You know the usual. How's the weather up there, Louise, today? Yeah. You're normally uh, at a lower <laughs> level. Would Losing you, altitude. I want to bestow a royal title on you today. H.R.H. You know that means in royal parlance, <laughs> yeah. Her Royal Highness. You know? You are Her Royal Horde or H-R-H <laughs> of the Late Lunch Show for sure. Or I can be Her her Royal Highness. <laughs> yeah. 20 years you have them. Yeah, I, can't, I think I might have bought them in Scotland. There but I've never can. worn them because, I've, well, I've worn them a few times and mm. they've cut me. So I just said, right. Oh, there's nothing it's worse. now or never. There's nothing worse than footwear that actually leave you with blisters or mm. skin your feet or cut you. And I know it's between your big toe and the next toe, the the, the little thing, is it? Yes. Yeah, that, you know, goes in there. So you're giving them it's a, a trial now. So it's either blood or nothing. Is that yeah, it? Just don't, you know, don't give me an emergency because I will not be able to run. <laughs> And, and and what may I ask? Just uh, but anticipating. I do feel really taller. It's you, great. Oh, you are tall. <laughs> anyway, may I ask you if it doesn't work out, what will you do with them? I'll have to recycle them. Okay, that's all yeah, right. that's all right. No problem at all. Anyway, and it just just when you were saying it, it reminded me of. Remember, I was saying that meme this morning about high, tall people mm. and the sayings of the Irish. And one person met. I think it was Brezzy over the weekend, and he's six foot four or something. Am I right? Six foot five. Tall man. So, but they said if he, if he was any longer, he'd be late. I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> the turn of phrase of the Irish, you can't beat it, yeah, that's for fabulous. sure. Coming up next on Late Lunch, we're going to meet a young man. He's writing away, but he set up his own self-publishing company. My next guest is going into second year in DKIT in Dundalk, and he's the MD of Jordan Richardson Publishing. Jordan, I love that name. <laughs> Thanks, Jerry. I appreciate it. How are you keeping? I'm keeping well. It sounds, you know, it sounds really cool and executive. Anyone else ever said that to you about it? 
I, I do get a bit, yeah. A few people have been asking me, you know, how did you find out about the platform and why you picked it? And I've had some good fun with it so far since I started back, and I think it was December. Mm, it's a great name. I really do. I think it, it holds weight. Your name holds weight with it, and you'd st- take notice of it. And you're off to a flyer by, by me saying that. I have to say, and others recognising it as well. Take us back. Where did this self-publishing thing come from? I know you wrote one book in initially. Was that the way where it began? That's right, yeah. I suppose coming to the end of last year and around the autumn winter time, I was looking for different ways on, like I'm studying business at the moment in DKIT and I wanted to try and find a business that I could maybe do myself, try out my, see it, could I have some entrepreneurial skills. Mm. And when I was doing my research, I found out Amazon KDP, which is Amazon's sub-publishing platform, where you can write your own books, put them up, and with the right marketing, with the right uh, nuance on Amazon's platform and Amazon's algorithm, your books can make make quite a good bit of money. Mm. And obviously there was local marketing in there as well. So I started off with my first book, Simple Smart Spanish, and I went with that because I liked Spanish in secondary school, I was good at it, and I kind of felt I had a decent enough background to make a beginner's book on it. Mm. So it was, it was in between Christmas and New Year's, I just opened my laptop, opened up my old notes and started typing. I got the book together in just about under a month and I went through all that. I edited it. I got onto a website to get a cover designed and then just set a date for release. I think I released it on the 29th of January. And since then, it's been my most successful book so far, and I've really enjoyed it. Then just last month, I was thinking of different ways how to turn it into an audiobook for Audible. So I was uh, gifted a microphone by my aunt. I got some software just to record it myself, recorded it, narrated it, uh, uploaded it to Audible, and it's up there now at the moment. So it's got the paperback and it's got the audiobook now as well. Well done to you. That's great. You are an entrepreneur. You have that spirit in you and that go-ahead uh, thing that you need as well. So, and as well as that, you know, Spanish, very useful language across Europe, Spain, Ireland, in the context of the European community as well. Lots of people go there on holidays. Is it a difficult... I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going a, a little bit off track here. Is it a difficult language? Uh it, it can be sometimes, but listen, I have a fantastic teacher in the De La Salle and uh, over the six years, I just picked it up fairly well just with the hard work and the study and all the hours I put in. So I was able to get the hang of it fairly well. And look, I, I really enjoyed learning it. It was good fun. Mm. And it was a book that I thought I could write and I wanted to write. Yes. And that was the first step. Good on you. And there's been a demand for it, as you say, and it's very useful. And I think what you've done with it, because I've had a look at it, it's a... Uh, Simple for people to follow and use. And of course, that's the idea, isn't it, with any guide like this? Exactly. Like the notes I used or the notes that I was given, they were beginner's notes. Like they were mm. in that beginner's format. So I followed the same format and I knew what it was like to be a beginner learning Spanish. And, it's, and that's what the book is for. It's a beginner's Spanish yes. book for someone going to secondary school to start doing Spanish. As you mentioned, going around holidays. 
and then the audio book as well, just to listen to it yeah. and hear it is mm-hmm. very important as well. And that's why I wanted to get the audio book out as well. Yeah, that audio uh, realm, I don't have to remind you, is growing now all the time and lots of people listening uh, to books uh, rather than reading them themselves. Now, not content with educating the world in Spanish, Mr. Jordan has gone on. Is your second book, is it coming out or is it out, A Principal Murder? Prince, yes, that funny. That book I actually started writing way back last May. I think it was May 2021. Right. Before I did heard of self-publishing and I heard of Amazon KDP. That was one I really wanted to do because I liked the idea of writing my own story, my own my own fiction novel, mm. and the concept of the plot was starting to form in my mind. And then when I heard of the Amazon self-publishing platform, I thought. Okay, I have to publish this now. I ha- I have to get it out, and I have mm. to see what people think. Uh, the only reason I did the Spanish one first was because it was shorter and it took up a little bit less time to mm. get, properly get used to KDP and all its uh, nuances on there. Then after that, it was really getting down to business on a principal murder, getting the characters ready, getting the plot thought out in my head. It took a bit longer, and then I had to get the cover designed as well, but. I probably enjoyed doing that more. Then it was a different experience to doing Simple Smart Spanish. It was a bit more creative. It it was a bit more fun. You really had to think outside the box and think like an author and just think of you know, writing your own story. Mm. I really enjoyed that as well. And it's a, it came out there, I think it was back in the end of May. I've heard some reviews uh, for it. I sent a few people, sent it to a few people in college just to see what they thought. And all reviews are really, really positive, which for a fiction novel is absolutely crucial. Like when it's a a story, it's fiction, it's creative, it needs reviews. I think it all sort of books sell based on word of mouth. Like if you mm. hear of, uh, if you're talking to your friends or you're talking to your family or whatever, they're telling you about a book, their word is going to yes. encourage you to buy it. That's why word of mouth is just so, so important. Mm, absolutely. And even the great writers love the, the imprimatur of uh, others, their peers and reviewers as well. It's important to them. I talk to a lot of authors on this show and they're all uh, of the same way of thinking as yourself. So now you have a company, Jordan Richardson Publishing. I have to say it again. There's power in those words, Jordan, I have to say. Um, you're now putting yourself out there to help others uh in a way yes you know look if any it's the amazon platform it is very beginner friendly and it is easy to get your head around but at the same time i can say it's easy i use it a couple of times before it can seem intimidating to people who haven't used it already but Mm. if anyone wants help all i can do is you know i'm happy to help and to learn the platform you can hop on youtube you can hop on websites you can really almost teach it yourself as well like it's a really really fantastic tool and I'm surprised I hadn't heard about it before I initially did hear about it back in late December last year Mm. They say there's a book in everybody there's two in you already, is there more? (laughs) There is, yeah what I found when I was doing research into Amazon KDP and how other people can make uh, huge money off it, lower content books as well like word search books, maze books puzzle books, those sort of uh, more niche down topics can make a huge amount of money as well. So I tried a few different books like that. And I've got a few out in the last couple of weeks. I did a Spanish word search book as well. I'm working on a few 
other projects at the moment. I have a movie review journal out there as well. So there's different sort of niches that I've been trying to get into, and it's all sort of being built around uh, Generation Z, which would be my generation as well. And my brand is built around publishing books really for people my own age that they can learn from, that they can really just enjoy and get some good fun out of. This is great, isn't it, uh, that it it's intertwined with your studies now going into second year in business? Exactly. That's I've really Since I started doing the course, I can see that fitting all into the business that I'm doing at the moment. Like I was doing accounting last year, and now I'm having, I've got my Excel spreadsheets up and I'm trying to track the money coming in, the money going out. Marketing as well, I think, is a huge, huge one because all the marketing is coming from you. Like you're having to get the word out, sound enthusiastic, tell people about your book and sell the book and also sell yourself as well. Even just the, the economic side of it, you're, you have to, you're finding, you're having to find products with enough demand and low enough competition so you can break in. So it is all interlinked and even some I use, some I can see it in more than others, but all the modules have come into effect. So going forward, there's so much there and so many possibilities for you. Have you a vision of where you see yourself going? I have absolutely no idea <laughs> in the slightest how, big it, can, how big it can grow. <laughs> how, but genuinely, like, I think I'm open to anything that could be possible. Yes. Like If it ends up being a huge, huge monumental success and I'm retiring, but retiring by the age of 30, fantastic. But if it is just a case that it's it only stays a little side hustle where I earn a couple of extra euro here and there. To me, that's still a success because I am still picking up skills. Since I started, I've learned how to use Audacity, which would be an uh, audio recording software. I've used word search software. I've used the Amazon software itself. I've, you know, using Microsoft Word, Microsoft Excel. I've looked at different uh, image websites. Like, there's lots of different skills mm. you pick up as well, and yes. that's valuable as well. It's not in terms of money, but in terms of your experience, your CV, it is all important, and to me, that's success too. Absolutely. Where can people find out more about you, Jordan? I suppose my three main social platforms at the moment would be Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Instagram is probably the main one because it's more geared towards my age group. But any plat- all three platforms, I try and get the posts up through my email as well, jordan.publishing at gmail.com. I try to send a few things out too. But so it's mainly social media, the Instagram and the LinkedIn would be the main pl- uh, places Sorry, to figure out more about what I'm doing and what books I have coming out. You're a great young fella and I wish you well. And the Jordan, if you're looking him up, Jordan Richardson is G-E-O-R-D-A-N, G-E-O-R-D-A-N, Richardson. And of course, we've been speaking to the MD, the CEO of Jordan Richardson Publishing. I wish you well for the future, young man. Thank you so much, Jerry. I really appreciate the support. Not at all. Thanks for joining me on the show. Take care of yourself. That's Jordan Richardson there from Dundalk, a student at DKIT. That's certainly one for the air guitarist at the weddings, Michael Sambello, and maniac on your late lunch this midweek Wednesday afternoon. The Premier League is back, second week end of the season coming up, 
And remember, you can listen every Saturday here on LMFM.ie and on the LMFM app powered by Talk Sport. This Saturday, 12.30, it's the Battle of the Losers, Aston Villa and Everton. Three o'clock, Arsenal. Winners last week. Take on Leicester City. We owe them. And then at half five, it's Brentford against once great Manchester United. Do you remember them? Yes, they were great once. What's happening there now? Premier League Live with Harvey Norman, your home of the big screen. You can listen in with us here on LMFM Radio this Saturday afternoon. The Horse Show is on next week. It's back the 17th to the 21st, uh, to the 21st, yes, at the RDS. Who won the Nations Cup last time round? It was jumped for in 2019. It was Great Britain and Susanna Dwyer. That family ticket is yours to the show next week. Two adults, three children. And I will have another family pass to give away for the horse show tomorrow on late lunch. Ah, Louise, where would we be in the world without Vaseline? (laughs) Thanks, Mary. Mary sent me in a little tip to put Vaseline in between my toes of my flip-flops from time to time and hopefully they'll be okay. That will help you. Mm. Jeez, you know it's a staple in every Irish house, wasn't it? For Vaseline. years. Oh, the Vaseline, get the Vaseline. Yeah. Anything that goes wrong, get the Vaseline. The Vaseline will sort Vaseline that out. Vaseline or the Sudocreme. <laughs> yeah, yeah another, one, another great one, Sudocreme as well. And Always I on standby. found out the name of the little strap that's caused me problems between my toes. It's called a toe thong. Say that again for me. Toe thong. It's like TV theme. Yeah, toe thong. <laughs> it's not easy to say that, is it? <laughs> toe thong. A toe thong. You have to get the th 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 th. You have to get that out there for sure. <laughs> they are the things you learn on late lunch every day because thong. Louise puts a pair of shoes that are twenty year old on her feet that <laughs> sends her up into the stratosphere, <laughs> and we hear about Vaseline and toe thongs and everything else besides. There you go. Anyway, <laughs> after three on late lunch, he's our virtuoso of. But he knows everything about the barbecue too, and we hear more and from the Spice Girls. Now it's time for this: the late lunch artist of the week. Artist of the week. Yes, Spice Girls are my artists of the week this week. And 1997-98 saw the five-some at the peak of their powers. Girl power, of course. They released their second album, Spice World, which sold a whopping seven million copies in a fortnight. However, coming so soon after their 96 debut album, it didn't go down well with critics. And in the US especially, where the albums and singles from both were intermingling on the charts there. Too complicated for them. Nevertheless, the number ones continued to roll with Too Much becoming their second Christmas number one in December 97 and their sixth consecutive single to achieve top spot in the UK charts. Early 98, they cleaned up at the American Music Awards and Brit Awards respectively. Their next single, Stop, was however the first not to make number one. It fell one spot short. But with album sales in excess of 45 million, they set off on a world tour. It started in Dublin in February 98. I'm sure there's some people listening today were there and it wound up later in the year at Wembley in London. However, from May of that year onwards, in the middle of the tour, they performed as a four-piece with Jerry Halliwell quitting the group which is where I'll pick their story up from tomorrow on Late Lunch. Today, it's back to the Spice Girls' first Christmas number one.
Yes, yeah, Spice Girls and To Become One, their big Christmas number one from back then. And I'll have more about them on late lunch around about the same time tomorrow afternoon. Rick Cronje is the man who knows all about wine on late lunch. But did you know he's also the king of the barbecue and he's here to advise us next? Sure, he is a more familiar voice in radio than myself. And when you hear him, you'll think it's wine day. It's not on late lunch because Rick Cronje, yes, he's a brilliant wine expert. But do you know he is the king of barbecue? You told me before barbecue is something in your life all year round, isn't it? It is, Jerry. Absolutely. Even if the weather is not that great, we go for it. And today we call it Wine Down Wednesday. So, yeah, we're ready for the weekend. What else? Well, I have to say, it's a thing that uh, I get anxious about. I honestly say that, Rick, because yes. we, I don't barbecue that often because, you know, sure. I wait for the weather in Ireland. You don't, it doesn't yes. bother you. You're undercover, etc. But the first big question, gas or coals, Rick? Or gas or coals. Yeah, it's an age-old question that, uh, Jerry. Well, let's just look at, you know, uh, individually. Gas, obviously instantaneous, and you've got total control over Well, virtually total control. Whereas a fire now, that's totally different, the preparation for it. You know, uh, you've got to have good dry wood, hard wood. Soft wood would do you no favours. It's going to spit and splutter, not going to give you great heat and that, you know. So it's, it's a a lot more complicated, the control of the heat. But I think the big question people ask is flavor. Now, um, my my take on that is, um, you know, once you get the sources on it, well, that's the end of that discussion, you know, I'm afraid. So that's, that's it, really, basically. It, you it think is, it's it neither or, whatever tickles no. your fancy, whatever you're happier with, Absolutely. but the marinades or sauces are crucial, you're saying? It is crucial. It is crucial for flavor, yes. but also... For the discussion or the the question, you know, is fire better than gas? Well, once you put the sauce on it, you wouldn't know where it was cooked. Okay. Except that it was done properly. Properly. And the one thing to say about the coals is they must be white before you start cooking them. Isn't that a crucial factor? Crucial. You you want the glow. I always say to people, look for the glow and Mm. the heat. You don't want smokiness coming off it. Okay. It 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 does tend to turn the the meat better. It does and I I, I can uh, vouch for that from experience, being a little bit apprehensive and maybe wanting to cook too uh, quickly and get the get the uh, meat and and things onto the grill. Now do you marinate before or do you put the marinade John during cooking or the sauces are after? Where do you stand on that? I prefer to do it at the end. Now I know there's some meats, you know, that you can do before uh, I I like to do it at the end, Jerry. And my take on that is, and this is going back over the years, meat doesn't absorb. So you can put it in a marinade for as long as you want, but it's not going to penetrate. Um, and then it becomes difficult to cook when you've got tomato. In particular, if you've got sugar or honey in it, it sticks to everything. It turns black on you. And uh, I prefer just before it's ready, you know, in cooking time, put it on and then rest it and it'll just soak in it just gives that time so don't put it back on the barbecue at all finish the cooking do your sauce or marinade put it aside to rest then to rest yes and how crucial is the resting period crucial jerry i think this is a a point that often comes up Uh, the reason for that is what you're doing now is the heat is going to seep through the the meat and just uh, you know, evenly now. That's your time to do it. And it just gives that time to seal up, close up a bit on you. 
and um, and and often you see that if it's done correctly, like uh, steak, for instance, that's rare, it won't bleed on you. But if you take it straight off the fire, cut it. Well, that's the end of it. It will. And it that's will. the point. That reabsorbs into the meat and Correct. gives it the tenderness and Correct. the flavour and everything to do with it. Yes. Now, big issue with us always, and I'd say many people who are thinking about it, and they're out barbecuing as we speak, and for Fantastic. the next few days it's going to go mad. Where do you stand on, let's say, okay, we want to give a great selection. We're going to have lamb. We're going to have beef. We're going to have chicken. We're going to have sausages. We're going to have burgers. We're going to have fish. We're going to... It's madness, is it, to go with all those different combinations? Too much, Jerry. Way too much. Number one, you don't have the space unless you've got three, four barbecues going at yes. the same time. Uh, you don't have the space. And secondly, there's such a variance in the cooking times for the different meats. So you, you're going to run into a problem if you, if, you, if you start doing that, you know. Mm. I, my suggestion is just keep it nice and simple because you want to enjoy it. You don't want to be in front of a fire for three hours and miss your own party. So keep it simple, maybe two, you know, and, and look at the cooking time. So they're more or less there, you know. Or if you choose, you know, two opposites, let's say sausages and chicken, well, then you'll have to start with the chicken, you know. Because it cooks, it, it needs it more time oh, much more rather time. than the sausage. So there's yes. a mistake that people make. They throw on the sausages yes. with the chicken yes. and maybe some beef as well. And they're all different, aren't they're they? They're all different times. So what yeah. would you do? Let's say we're having three, for just for, just for today. Yes. Let's say we want to do uh, beef, yeah. uh, some chicken and a sausage at the end. So yes. let's, you'll give us three, will you, rather than two. You'll allow us yeah, three. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, but you yeah. normally do two. Is that what you're saying to me? Yeah, two I, I, I wouldn't go much more than okay. two, personally. Allow yeah. us the, the privilege to stay with three. Yes. So what way do you approach that? Do you do your beef first and cook all your beef and then do your chicken and then do your sausage and let the others rest, you know, what you were talking yeah. about a moment ago? Well, I'll start with the chicken because okay. that takes the longest, okay. you know. Again, look at your space that you have, mm. Jerry, I mean, on, on a grill So and the number of people. So, you know, if it's a small party, you can get away with it. But if you've got 10 people and each one's going to get a piece, now you've got a big thing going for you. But, yeah, I would start with one that takes the longest in in this case, it'll be chicken. And then you come down to the beef and the sausages. Now, again, if, if Rick wants it rare, which I will, I'm looking for two minutes, Jerry. So you better have the stopwatch out, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, just look at the cooking times of the meat. Be aware of it. Um, and then you can plan from there. Let's talk about rough cooking times. Burgers. How much yeah, in each side, roughly? About two minutes from rare, right up to eight minutes to well done. And again, depends on, on each the side. Uh, two minutes on each side. Okay, That's oh, eight a, on each side if you really if, want to. If cook you them. really want, uh, yeah, if you steak. really want it. Steak, again, you go in from two to three minutes rare, and you can go right up to 10 minutes. Again, depends on the thickness and the cut. But yeah. um, chicken. Now, th- you know, I, 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 can yeah. hear the, I can hear these words ringing in my ear. Yeah. Is that chicken cooked? Because people worry a lot about it, and rightly so. And rightly so, Jerry. Now, you're looking here for a good anything up to 30 minutes here on chicken fillets, and uh, certainly on, on, now I'm not talking the small little drumsticks, that's much quicker. But, you know, good fillets and that. No, you, you'll be looking anything up to 30 minutes there, Jerry. You've you got to cook it through. Mm. The, the big thing is uh, it, you, you want it low and slow. 
And this is the thing that's so important and that I wanted you to talk about because people, you know, have the heat, you know, it's intense all yeah. over the barbecue, whatever side it is. If you're using gas, whether you turn up all the grill or if you're with the coals, you fill your barbecue. Yeah. You say no. That's not no. the way to cook. Not no. fast cooking, slow, low and slow. Low and slow, hot is not. Okay. Hot right. is not. Low and slow, nice, take your time. That's why I say just look at the cooking times and work backwards. So, you, you know, you've got a pretty good idea. And the other thing is if, if you're on an open fire, I use the middle part to cook and the two edges is my cooling area. If you have a flare-up, well, that's where you, you run to with it. And But it's also your resting area, you know. Now, in a gas barbecue, I would normally turn one side either right down or I'll just switch it off completely because I've got a four burner. There's plenty of heat in that area. So you always got to have a safe area. And that is important. Whether you use the middle, let's say of a coals barbecue, if you're using uh, wood as well, leave, yeah. you could leave one side not so packed yes, with the coals. Absolutely. Or use the middle and a little space each side Correct. then to move your meat. And as you say, yeah. I love that. What do you say? That's your safety area? Or yeah, your, that's yeah, your, yeah, push that's them that's out your safe with, area. When you yeah. have to. But this yeah. is important. More time. Sausages, I take, what, 10 minutes to 15? Yeah, about 8 to 10 minutes. And if they're you, the if, big, big Yeah. Sausages. Oh, no, yeah. if you get the bigger ones, it's going to be a bit longer to 12 minutes. Sausages, you've got to turn continuously. Yes. You know, just to get it all round mm. uh, on it. And um, again, you know, sometimes the casing is very thin. It'll pop on you. Well, now you know it's too yes. hot. Yes. You know, and that's what I mean. Have that safe area. If you run into trouble, just move it there and it, it, it'll be okay for you. Now, where do you stand with the grill itself? Do you oil the grill that you're cooking on? The rack, or, or, I'm talking grill rack. Yes. Do you oil it, Rick? I do. I do, Jerry. Before you start? Before I start. Just before I'm going to put the meat mm. on. And the reason for that, it stops it sticking. Um, w- so, uh, listen there. Will the smoke from a barbecue discolour or burn uh, your white PVC guttering if you're cooking beneath it? It might. It might. Yes. Or it might if you're it's on a low question. roof. I, if you're on a low roof. Well, I always say to people, it will, Jerry. And the reason why I say that, even in your own kitchen, you go and you go around uh, when you're cooking and you'll see splats of, of oil and that way up on the roof. That is so true. That is yeah, so true. No, so definitely. so be wary of that. And the other thing to say, blackened meat or uh, food from a barbecue is not good. Not good. Shouldn't Jerry. eat it. No, no, no. no. I, I, I'd, I'd rather say no, Jerry. I'd yes. rather say no. no. Get rid of it. So the message is today, be calm. <laughs> Sometimes it's not easy to be calm when you're at the barbecue and everybody's Absolutely. waiting and the pressure's on you. You know what yeah, I'm talking about, Rick? I know, Jerry. I did a one day only two weeks ago because I do, you know, for some establishments there. And, yes. Um, and we did it there. And, uh, you know, once you start, once the first plate is out, well, then there's a stampede. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and that's, that's where I feel the pressure yeah, from, to be yeah. honest with you. Anyway, there's loads to chew on there. Rick, you're so good for dropping in. Time has beaten us today, but you've given us loads of pointers there. And if you want him to come to your house, you know his name. No, I'm only joking. He's not available <laughs> to come to anybody's house, but I'd love to have him teach me a little more, but I'm sure he would if I did ask him. Rick, until we see you next time for the wines, thank you so much for dropping in today and happy barbecuing. 
Thank you, Jerry. Well Thanks, done. Rick. Thanks a million. Anyway, that's a lot on late lunch today. Tomorrow on the show, Irish parents, the most lenient in the world, so they say. Uh, Dickie Newell, he needs help. We're going to be talking about it. More on the Spice Girls, the do's and don'ts of your picnic basket. Lots of picnics going on as well this weather. And Kate Madden from Fenu Health is joining us also on the show. Wonderful young woman. Fantastic entrepreneur. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with the drive on LMFM radio. Enjoy your barbecues. Enjoy this content. Continental weather, and we'll see you tomorrow, Thursday, for late lunch. LMFM podcasts with CNC Carpets. We bring the showroom to you, or book a new showroom appointment on 087 660 4237. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.